Hey, you're on ATL too, right? ATL, yes. <laughs> That's what's Peach. up. Original. Original Georgia Peach. Mm-hmm. You can't tell just, in the accent. Just, just like my mama. My mom's yes. from uh, ATL. She grew up in the Pittsburgh area, which was right outside the. Oh, okay, you know. Okay, you old school ATL. I'm the old school <laughs> before the uh, regentrification. I say that. Okay, code <laughs> keepers. We have we have dynamite on the show today. This is going to be a great show. You definitely want to get locked in. I want to start off with a somber note and you know give reflection and kind of tribute this show to our newest ancestor, Mr. A. Bruce Williams, uh, a mentor, a father, Yeah, I, I, I have so much to say about him. So I want to thank him for everything that he did with me in my life. And we look forward to his life as an ancestor. What's this have to do with empowerment? Stay tuned. All right, welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine, that means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. All right, Code Keepers, we're with the Have It All strategist, T. Renee from the A. I mean, sorry, from the A. (laughs) (laughs) ATL Shawty. Born original and Georgia raised, Peach. Original Georgia Peach. Born and raised in Atlanta. Shout out to all my ATLians. Hello, hello in the house. All right, all right. Well, you know, like I said earlier, uh, Mom Dukes is from the ATL, and I, I go there every year, two, sometimes two or three times. So uh, I had my times at the uh, skating rinks back in the day. Yes, <laughs> you probably got into a little bit of trouble, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll keep that off the shit. Keep that off the air. Keep that off the air. Salute that. So, um, what is a have it all strategist? And what's so funny is I have transitioned to a business scalability strategist because with have it all, you really have to redefine what all means to you. And so, a lot of people they are choosing and or they're choosing or in their life versus and. And so, I am a proponent that you can have exactly what it is that you want and you don't have to settle. You can have a successful business or a successful career and a successful family. But a lot of people are grinding so hard that they may be getting success or um, monetary success but they're losing their health, their family, or they're sacrificing their health, their family, and their relationships. So it's all about making sure that you kind of redefine what success and wealth is. And it's not just money, but it's health, relationships, finances, building generational wealth, and so many other things. Yo, the uh, the viewers are tapping in. I can tell this is going to be a good one. I shade you that. <laughs> How did you get to this point where you're able to state that so succinctly and i can tell it comes from a learned place so um i got a chance to read through your bio and i I, i'm kind of asking that question in jest because you dope (laughs) (laughs) you were dope I love it. You know, it is life. It's life and it's what happens to you. But most people, they just want to show only the good thing on the gram and on Facebook. They're showing the red bottom shoes and the private jets. And, you know, nine times out of 10, a lot of that stuff is rented. And they're not really telling you the story of um, what it took for them to get there. So I'm able to speak this because. Um, I served a thousand and ninety five days in federal prison. I mean, one day I had the big house, eight thousand square foot, the pools, the Hummer, the Mercedes, 
everything that you would want, everything that defines success. And um, a business partner and I got in legal trouble. And the very next day, I lost it all. And I had to move back in with my mom and my dad in the same house that I grew up in, in the same room. And I was 30. So on my 30th birthday, um, life as I knew it was completely erased. And what I realized was that I didn't know who I was. I associated everything with what I had, what I could achieve, or my business. And so when you are placed in a situation of where you have to rebuild everything, it just makes you look at life differently because I may have wealth, but if I don't have my freedom, then what does that wealth mean? And recently my mom was um, sick uh, for uh, about six months. And so I realized if you don't have your health, then how great is your money? Or if your marriage is jacked up and your kids, you don't have a great relationship with them, but you may be successful in business, then that's still not complete wealth. Wow. Uh, that kind of leads us to your your manifesto, Metamorphosis. Yes. From an abusive relationship to prison, to finding love, motherhood, and learning to shift priorities. <sighs> All right. So before you tell the story of Metamorphosis or tell your Metamorphosis story, what was it like writing the book? Well, first of all, it sounds like you know a little bit about me and my business. But... Uh... <laughs> Hey, you're Googleable. You're you're Bingable. You know, we can find you. We you can, can find yo it. code keepers. You can find her. You can find her. Uh, oh iSuccessConsulting.com. You can find T. Renee Smith, code keeper. She's findable. Google her. No oh doubt. My God. I love it. I love it. So for me, it's still a process. And so it's evolving. Like, I don't think that you have evolved or I don't think that you've experienced your, you know, entire metamorphosis really until you leave this earth is you constantly growing. It's you constantly changing. And so for me, writing the book, it was very cathartic. Right. I wrote it and I didn't even really market it and promote it because it was just for me. It was for me to be very introspective and honest with myself about who I was because I was uh, shameful for for a while at the things that I went through in my life. And I remember, you know, I kind of come from a family where, you know, well, what happens in the family stays in the family. So why would you want to tell, you know, that side, keep it to yourself? And so I remember I heard a while back and it says your transparency will be somebody else's transformation. So that very story or those very things that have happened to you that you're embarrassed about, that you have guilt about, that you have shame about, when you're able to do your own inner healing work and when you're able to free yourself of those things and be able to talk about them, then it lets other people know that they are not by themselves and it helps other people to start transforming into healing their lives. And so what I realized is when I started sharing my story, Yes, it's impressive that I work with Delta and all these other Fortune 500 companies and I help raise $30 million for small business. Yes, that's impressive. But when I, I'm able to get down with you and say, listen, it doesn't matter what situation that you're in. It doesn't matter if you've been in abusive relationships. It doesn't matter if you thought by now you'd be married, you'd have kids, you have a successful business. It doesn't matter that life happened to you. You can take whatever pieces that you have and you can make it a masterpiece. You can turn your message or your mess into your message or you can turn your test into your testimony. So I think me just be, being real and being authentic for people to understand the journey that it took to get here. I mean, it took failed businesses. Even for my kids, I had several miscarriages. So it didn't just happen. I had to be persistent. I had to be resilient. I had to, it didn't matter what somebody said. It doesn't matter that I could have been a statistic, but I just continued to persevere to get to where I needed to. And I think with me sharing my journey, it is helping other people to know that, boo, no, 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 where you are, it's just a chapter in your book. Put a comma behind it or put a period and turn the page. <sighs> A miscarriage. Two. I, 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 two. Two miscarriages. Yep. How, tell us how you've been able to handle that experience. Because I've, I, I didn't realize until around 15 years ago when mm -hmm. I started looking around and talking to some of the women that had kind of become part of my life in business and social circles and I started hearing over and over and over again, particularly in our black community, that there were miscarriages that were just happening. And 
how were you able to walk through that particular situation? Well, it really was sisterhood for me because I had um, a very, very close friend that had experienced the same thing multiple times. And she was there for me to really kind of walk me through that journey. Because even when you're married, your spouse doesn't necessarily know what to say. Your friends don't know what to say unless you have gone through that situation. And so just having somebody there that says, hey, I went through this process and she, she had had three. And she went on to have three kids. So she was on the other side of it and she was able to coach me. But it was still very difficult for me because I felt like I failed, like I was not able to do what a woman was supposed to do. So it was a lot of prayer. And I had to totally shift my mindset, right? And I had to start in dating myself with scripture, with positive affirmations that talked about how I was fruitful and that I was going to, you know, multiply and how that, you know, when you have a seed in the ground that you're going to receive a harvest and to call those things that be not as though they were. So I took my own self through really shifting and changing my mind and really saying so much that this was going to happen and that this was old to me and that this was my birthright and changing, you know, what I was eating and being more, um, taking, you know, better care of myself and making sure I was sleeping and not having stress. And so I had to put the work and the effort in. This is just my story. Everybody's story is differently. Everybody's story is different. And so I had to get my mind to a place to be able to believe that this could happened. So accept what happened. And I had to shift and say, everything happens for me, not to me. So if this happened, it is for me and I will get the glory at some point. I don't know what it is now, but I will get the glory. And so nearly, you know, 10 years later, because my son, my youngest son now is nine, nearly 10 years later, I am meeting women and talking with women that this has happened to. And because I've experienced it, I am able to relate to them. I never, ever would have been able to relate to them if I would not have gone through this. So all of my pain and my heartache, it, it is being used for a purpose now. You don't know it when you're in it. It could be years later before you understand what the purpose is. So I had shifted from why me? Like when it first happened, I was like, why me? I am a good woman. I'm a good person. Why me? And I shifted to what lesson do I need to learn or what next? And so you just have to change the way that you're thinking about the situations. Because if you stay in a why me, then you're going to be a victim. Regardless, even if it's something terrible happened to you that should not have happened to you, you have to be able to say, I have to do my inner healing work. It's not okay what happened, but I have to do my inner healing work and what's next. So when you change the conversation from why me to how can I heal from this and what's next, you become victorious in the situation because you can't be a victim and victorious at the same time. You have to choose one path. Wow. You have to choose one path. You have to choose one path. You can't straddle the fence on being victim mode and then take your power back and take control of your life. Is the path easy to see when you're dealing with something that's so hard, heartbreaking? For me, it wasn't. I didn't see it till years later. I didn't see it till years later. So oftentimes when we're in the situation, we don't understand why. And that's where you have to have faith. And that's when you have to trust and say that everything is working for me, not against me, and that all things will work together for my good. So it's like you being able to see it um, inside yourself or see it within your spirit and feel it within your spirit before you ever see it um, physically. Hmm. Is that one of the uh, stories that you shared in your book? Because, of course, I haven't read it whole yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. It is. <sighs> and so really, for me, I think with me being more open and me being transparent, it just makes people um, very it, it's just very down to earth, very relatable. So oftentimes people, they just show you kind of the successes. And so I think that in the, you know, social media world, so many people are depressed or suicide rates are so high because we're not being honest about what it takes. Like being an overnight success, I remember Kevin Hart was talking about, he said it's taking 15 years 
Like it doesn't just happen overnight, but on social media, you know, you think that it's supposed to happen like this. And then if you don't get the likes that you want or the views that you want, or somebody says negative comments, you internalize it or you taking it personal because you don't understand that that is just part of the process. You're not for everybody. Some people are going to like you. Some people are not going to like you. That's just part of the process. And it's okay. And you thank them and you go mm. and continue and you find the people that you are for. You find the people that you are for. All right. So, okay. How do you do that? You're a strategist. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the very first thing is you have to be honest about who you are. You have to be honest about who you are. You have to be honest about what your giftings and callings are. And you have to be honest about who you want to um, work with or who you want to be associated with or who you want to be friends with or who you want to be in relationships with. So a lot of us, we have our representative. And so we get in relationship with somebody else, whether it's a client, whether it's um, a partner and our representative is there. And so we never show up like the authentic person of us doesn't show up till months or years, you know, down the line. So I think, number one, you have to be very clear and intentional about who you are, what you like, what you don't like and validate your own self. Because if you're looking for external validation, you're going to be swayed because you're going to be doing things to please people. You're going to be a people pleaser. But if you learn to start validating your own self internally, then if somebody likes you, it's fine. If somebody doesn't like you, it's fine. So you got to have a real honest conversation about who you are, develop some boundaries and stick to those boundaries. Stick to those boundaries. So how important are boundaries then? I mean, if you have to stick to it, then it means it's something that you really need. (laughs) But most, yeah, go ahead. So what happens is people say yes most of the time to everybody else, to things that they don't want to do, and then they end up saying no to themselves or they end up being involved in relationships where they know that this person is not a good fit for them. They're seeing all these red flags but they don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. They don't want to look like a failure. And so you have to set your boundaries or you have to set your standards of who you are and who you want to be in relationship and who you want to work with. And when people come into your life, if they don't um, fit, if they don't even fit those standards or they don't you know, fit those or they're not willing to respect your boundaries, then you're out. And so boundaries are so important, whether it's friends, whether it's family or whether it's relationship, because if you continue to do things that you don't want to do, if you continue to let people talk to you, you know, a way that you don't want to and you don't feel like it's disrespectful, you're going to start dying inside of yourself. Right. And so we teach people how to treat us. And so if somebody can walk over you all the time, if somebody's, you know, lack of preparation is always your emergency, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, but you have other stuff that you're doing and you drop it and you do what they need you to do, then you're teaching people that at any point in time that they can rely on you, they can depend on you, or somebody always needs money and you're there always giving it to them, <laughs> you're training them, right? right? And so you got to be very careful, careful about how you're training people to teach you, to treat you. Like if you have clients and you allow them to show up any old time of the day or night, they're, you, know, you don't hold them accountable for paying you on time, they are actually stepping all over boundaries, right? Which you need to set. And so boundaries helps you stay safe. And it helps people respect you. But you have to be honest about who you are and what you want to be able to set a boundary. Hmm. So you just related boundaries to business and clients. It could be personal. You could have a mother. So I remember I was talking to one of my clients and she had to set a boundary with her mother. Like her mother did not um, respect her time. And she was a wife. She was a mom. She was a business owner. And her mother would call her and expect her to immediately drop whatever she's doing to uh, to do what she needed, whether it was during family time, whether she was in business and it was an emergency. Like if it's an emergency, it's totally different, but she had trained her mom that whenever you call me, I'm going to drop whatever it is I'm doing. And she started developing resentment because she didn't set boundaries. And so what she had to start doing was say, 
hey, mom, on Mondays, whatever it is that you need for me to take care of after I get the kids settled and dinner, I'm going to come over and I will take care of whatever you need. We can go grocery shopping. You know, I can help you with laundry, whatever it is. But no, Monday through Sunday, I'm, I mean, Tuesday through Sunday, I'm not going to be jumping through hoops. I'm not going to be stopping what I'm doing because that ex it is exhausting to me. So these are my boundaries and these are my parameters. Wow. Now, or you could even be with a, your relationship or with your spouse. You guys could be having a heated discussion and mm -hmm. now your spouse could be yelling at you. And this could be a man or a woman yelling at you, screaming at you, calling you out your name, being disrespectful. And you just sit there and you allow it and you start feeling little and small. And you can or you can set a boundary and say, hey, we absolutely need to talk about and discuss, you know, what we're, what, what issue that we're having here. But we're not going to do it. We're we're yelling at each other. We're screaming at each other. We're going to take 10 minutes. And then when we come back, we're going to be calm. And if we can't be calm and if we cannot be combative, then we're not going to talk. So that's a boundary. Now, do we often need to create boundaries for ourselves with ourselves? Yes, because you cannot hold anybody else to a standard of boundary and you don't even have your own boundaries. Absolutely. So we violate our own self. We um, overstep. Well, number one, we don't, a lot of times we don't set boundaries for ourselves. Like as far as even with eating or with working or with downtime or with self-care, we'll just run ourselves ragged in the ground and then we expect other people to treat us differently. So you absolutely first have to set boundaries with yourself. So if you run yourself down, if you don't take care of you and you don't treat you well, why do you have the expectation of somebody else doing that? Ooh. All right. <laughs> okay. Wow. Boundaries outside and inside. Outside and inside. So you have to understand your own worth and value. And I have said, I've had this conversation so many times this week, is that we expect others to do for us what we don't do for ourselves. I was talking to a coaching client and she wanted people to invest like $10,000 into her program. She wasn't even investing any money into herself to even um, build up her brand or to improve her knowledge. And she kept attracting people that wanted everything for free. And she was wondering why, because that's who you are currently and that's where you are. So if you want to attract different people in your life, whether it's business, whether it's a partner, a mate, a friend, you have to first up level yourself so that you can be able to attract like. So like attracts like. And so whatever you're attracting into your life, you have to really take an introspective look to figure out why are you attracting that person or why are you attracting these things? Like if you have lack in your, your life, it's probably because you think lack and you speak lack. Because if you think abundance and you speak abundance and abundance is wired into who you are, then you're going to have abundance. So whatever you're attracting in your life, it is who you are and how you truly think about yourself. And it could be from a subconscious level because you may be like, I'm confident. I am confident, honey, I am confident. But that's not what you're attracting into your life. Hmm. In your book, Metamorphosis, uh, you talked about being in an abusive relationship. Is that something that using what you just stated about you attract that? Could oh, it be said? So for me, mine was not physically abusive. It was mentally and it was emotional because I didn't know my own self-worth and I had very low self-esteem at the time. Now, don't try that now. Don't try that now. But I had very <laughs> <laughs> Boo, I've done my healing work. So, so let's not even try that now. But I was at a space where I didn't know my worth. I didn't know my value. I was looking for external validation. So I allowed, you know, people to just walk all over me. So not just in the personal relationship, in business as well. Because oftentimes how we show up in one relationship will be how we show up in other relationships. So if I am in 
um, a romantic relationship with someone and I have low self-esteem, I don't have boundaries, um, I'm looking for external validation, probably in my business, I'm charging way less. Um, I'm accepting clients that I really don't want to work with. I'm doing way more work than I get paid for. So most times how you show up in one area is going to be consistent with how you show up in the other areas of your life. Intriguing, intriguing. How did you remove yourself from that abusive relationship? It's so funny. It was not me. It was God. So I had been praying, and but I was praying for it to get better. And God actually just removed the person from my life. It wasn't anything that I did because I didn't have the, um, the confidence at the time to walk away. I knew that something wasn't right. But I was praying for it to be fixed. And God did fix it, but it was way different than what I thought. Hmm. Well, now that you did your healing work, <laughs> if you could go back and talk to that person that you were at that point and guide them, how would you guide them? And I would say, number one, healing is a journey. So I am still in the process of healing. I think I'll be healing, you know, until I die. But I would go back to my younger self and I would say, oh, my sis, I feel so sorry for you. I have empathy for you because all you want to do is you want to be loved. But first, you have to love yourself before you are seeking love in anybody else because you have to be completely full of validation, full of confidence, full of self-care, full of vision for you to be able to have the type of relationship that you're wanting. So work on yourself. Don't look at anybody else to give you these things. Fill yourself up with all of those things, and then you will be attracted to that person that, um, is that, you, that you want to be in a romantic relationship with. So stop looking externally and look internally. You know, that's such a hard message uh, in, for some people to, to understand that you attract the best and you also attract the mess that comes into your life. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and, I'm not, and don't think at all that I just got this aha moment. I was like, oh, okay, I've got it. No, this has been years and years and years and years, probably over the last probably 15 years, like this has been like a 15 year journey for me. And so I didn't get it, you know, just in one time, like life is a, a teacher to you. I think if you start becoming self, self-aware, even if you start very simple and say, just for 24 hours, I'm going to observe how I speak about myself. Like if you drop something like, oh my God, you're so stupid, you know, catch yourself. If you're like all day long, I can't do that. I can't do that catch yourself. If you're like, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. Like those are all negative mindsets. And whatever you're saying out of your mouth is what you think about yourself. So I think the very first thing that you have to do is to just be able to be self-aware and say that I want something different in my life. And so I need to start becoming just aware of what are some of the things that I'm doing that may be preventing me from having it. And it doesn't happen at one time. It's just like, little shifts. So when you hear, you know, oh my God, you got to change, like that could be such a daunting task. And so my husband even said, he said, just let's just focus on some little shifts. And as you make these little shifts, all of them will eventually add up to you getting closer to the person that you want to become or getting closer to achieving the things that you want to achieve. So just self-awareness and little shifts. Wow. See, what's beautiful is you're giving up the game, right? <laughs> you're really giving up the guidance. Uh, code keepers, this is definitely worth $10,000 a session. I, I, I would say that. And I'm giving um, it to you for free. <laughs> so I, you, you know, what happens is when you start um, accepting the gift that God has given you and you start walking in your purpose, it's not about charging people for things because you, when you're in an abundance mindset, things are going to come to you. Like if you're like, well, I'm not giving this away until people pay me. You're in a scarcity mindset and your hands are closed like this. But when you start opening up your hands and you start giving and you start blessing other people, the ones that God has for you to work, you know, with you, they will come. And so I'm going to leave you with one thing is like, 
The seeds that you sow, you will reap a harvest, but you may not reap the harvest from where you sow. So all the people that I'm giving free advice to and just here, take it, go change your life. Those may never be the people it may or it may not, you know, be people that actually financially invest in my programs, my businesses. But because I am giving what I know just out of my heart, God will send abundance. So we got to get out of a scarcity mindset. And when you're giving and with the the um, a pure intention of transforming somebody else's life, you're going to be blessed. Hmm. Well, that leads us. Tell us about the businesses. Tell us about the programs. <laughs> what you got to sell? So, I'm sorry. No. What you got to bless us with? And so what I tell people is I don't sell anything. What I do is I offer what can help transform your life and your business. So I am all about transformation and I call it CEO transformation where you're transforming the CEO of your life or you're transforming your CEO of a business. And so my gifting or my superpower is to help you to shift your mindset to what's possible and then give you the strategy and the accountability to execute. And so I do this in a, a wide variety of ways, whether it is my CEO life membership club. And if you could put this address up there for me too. So I success consulting is my consulting business, but when I'm working with small businesses, it's under my personal brand, which is the CEO dot life. So there's T H E ceo.life the ceo.life and that's what all of our programs are and so i have things that are um, very much from a high level of listen i have this business i am really just now getting started i need help and strategy that's the ceo life membership club we meet every month it's a very high touch approach uh, we had a class today we have it the second thursday of every month and we're pulling back those layers and we're rolling up our sleeves and we're doing the work to identify why is it not working and what do you need to do to work? And then we also do uh, workshops on branding, marketing, sales and leadership. And then we have um, high end coaching programs. So wherever you are and then even if you're not at the point where you're ready to invest, I give so much free content online. You can just follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach T. Renee. That's at Coach T. Renee. Or you can purchase the book, which I don't hold anything back. I give you all the secrets. And that's uh, the CEO life. That's the book, because it's not that people need lack of um, it's not that people need more information. They really need to apply the information that they have and they need to customize it um, for themselves and for their business. So what may have worked for other people, you can take the lessons and then you customize it for your own business. So whatever level of business you're on, whether it's free or whether it's making um, a high-end investment to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I have you covered. There is no excuse for you not executing on your business. But the first thing that you have to do is not about another strategy. It is to understand what limiting beliefs do you have that are stopping you in your tracks from achieving the success that you want. Because even if you have the strategy, but you don't have the right mindset, it's not going to work. Not going to mm. work. Now, doing the research, I learned you began your first business at 19 on credit, no experience, without a business plan. How did that work out? Hot mess. Hot mess. Hot mess. And so what's funny is if I would have started the business uh, today the same way that I did back then, it definitely would have flopped because uh, times are just way different. However, during that journey, I learned. So what I talked to you about is not theory. So I went from nothing to building million dollar company to losing it all and then to building it again. So I found the strategies and the frameworks that actually work. So I, I'm not talking about what I you know, think or a book that I read, but it's actually the practical application for me as well as for my clients. So it was the best experience for me because I got my grit. I got my grit. I remember we had a record label. Uh, we had billboards all over Atlanta. We were at the Grammys. We met Beyonce. We did tours. I had a, a website development company. 
and we had uh, my family had a construction real estate company. We had uh, an online designer. So when I tell you I was a, uh, <laughs> I was like, listen, I'm gonna figure this business thing out. I am gonna figure out where my you know lane is. So I was a serial entrepreneur probably for about ten years, and then you know I started saying, okay, this is my niche. I am a trainer. Like I am a trainer. I am a coach. I transfer knowledge. And so then I started, you know, honing into that skill. So sometimes you may do things that you you don't like, you're not good at, it's not the right fit, but mm-hmm. it kind of bumps you into the lane. You just need to get started. And then I always say it's much easier to fly a plane that's already in the air than getting it off the ground. So like once you get off the ground, it's kind of easier to find the right direction and navigate. So that's why I tell people, get out your seat, get off the sofa and get moving. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Do your research, you know, come up with a strategy and then launch it and then modify along the way. Get feedback, be open to hearing feedback and then change it and modify. But don't just stay stuck and you're waiting on the perfect time because there is no perfect time or the perfect time mm. is now is absolutely now. Mm. Okay. Okay. I also learned doing the research that you know how to get the bag. Yes. <laughs> You've helped raise more than 30 million in capital for small businesses. And you're the secret weapon behind many successful corporate minority business developments. All right. Give the goods. What's up? How did, how'd you do it? What do you do? How can you do it for everyone else? <laughs> so what happened is my experiences in corporate, it let me know what um, they consider a viable, scalable business. And so I really had an inside track to understand how businesses needed to be structured. And so I worked with businesses on making sure that we're structuring them properly, making sure that they have a pipeline for clients, making sure that they have the right systems, making sure that they have the right technology, all of the right team. And so then when you have those things in, in place and you have a proven concept or a proven business, being able to align yourself with the right, um, people that can give you capital. And so it is it's work, right? And really growing and sustaining a business and then being able to present it in order to get funding. So we do all of the pull back the, the hood, look at the business, what needs to be changed, where's their risk, gaps, et cetera. So it's, it, it's a process, but we've learned and we've mastered how to do it. And it's been a, I mean, 25, 30 year, I mean, almost 30 years, you know, 28, 27, 26 years, you know, that I've been doing it. So I didn't just, you know, a lot of um, businesses, they want to wake up on Monday and then, you know, incorporate by Friday, they want to be six figures, seven figures, eight figures, you know, for me, where I am now, I mean, it's taken me 26, 27 years to get here. But you're getting the bag. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right, well, look, as, as much as you do and as many people as you help, how do you maintain, you know, the work-life harmony, work-life and so, balance? And so you see, I don't use the word balance because I think that balance is a myth. So, like, if you're juggling, you know, something, what your hands are going to get tired and the balls are going to fall. And so I look at harmony and work-life integration and figuring out what are your priorities. And then when you understand what your priorities are, then you understand how you need to execute in life. And so my priorities used to be my kids and my business and my self-care wasn't on there. My marriage wasn't on there. And so I had to reprioritize and say, number one is my self-care. It's my spiritual relationship because I have to be full so that I can pour into people in my overflow. And so once I was able to do that, things just shifted. And then my husband comes next because he's my life partner. And when I did that, then our marriage just shifted. And then my kids. So yes, my mate is above my kids. And some of you guys may be like, well, these babies need me. They need me. Yeah. And those children, they're going to grow up and they're going to leave. And it's going to be you and your mate. And also you have to make the truth that you and your mate are um, on the same page in how you're raising your kids. And then it's business. So there are three other things before I even get to business. It's my health, my self-care, my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my kids, and then business. 
And so before we get to the business and securing the bag, I have to make sure that those other three areas are straight. So even like today, before I got on live, when I finished work, was getting the kids, make sure everybody had dinner, homeworks were done, everybody's good, husband's good, mwah, love you. Now I can come back and do the work. But for so many years, because I had my priorities out of order, I had discord in my marriage. I didn't have the thriving relationship that I had with my kids. And so you have to prioritize what's most important. And there are going to be some things that you have to say no to in order to say yes to your family, your husband, your self-care, your relationship, your spouse. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It seems to me like you have the secret. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling it to you. So it's not a secret, guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> but what's one shift entrepreneurs can make to increase sales? So I'm going to go right back to your mindset. Like everybody's going to tell you, you need this strategy. You need this funnel. You know, you need to be doing Facebook ads. You need to be having strategic partners. You need to. Yes, so you do want to do all those things. But remember, you can only attract your mindset. So if you're stuck in a lack mindset, if you're stuck in a uh, the clients that I work with, work with, they're not willing to pay my my price, or if you're like, well, I don't want to advertise, you know, on social media because all they do is they want your money. Or if you're like, mm, I don't feel like going live because nobody wants to hear what I have to say. So there's no way that you can have these mindsets and show up and deliver in a way which is going to make people want to connect with you. So the very first thing that you have to do is to look at those limiting beliefs that you have because it affects your energy. It affects your um, the things that you say. It affects your confidence. So number one, look at your limiting beliefs and your limiting mindsets. Get those in check. Number two, surround yourself with abundant thinking. Number three, understand who your ideal client is, where they show up, and what they want to hear from you. Are they on LinkedIn? Do they like listening to lives like this? Do they want you to give them a free ebook? Do they want you to give them a cheat sheet, a you know, a template? What is it that you can give to them and offer them value so that they can experience you? So if they experience you and they learn from you and you give them knowledge, they're going to say, oh, my God, well, what's next? How do I continue to work with them? So oftentimes we're very stingy and we don't want to give information and we want people to pay you know, us for it first. But give the value, show your knowledge, show how you solve problems, show how when they work with you, they're going to be able to achieve results. And when you do that, they're going to want to continue working with you. And that's where there's a corporate client, where there's selling soap, you know, to somebody or candles. Doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. You offer value, you solve problems, people are going to want to pay you. It's a value exchange. So when you give value, they're going to exchange money. Hmm. So you just kind of talked about the connection with mindset and high performance. That's it. In order for you to perform at a high level, in order for you to have sales at a high level, in order for you to have a relationship that is romantic, is, you know, you guys pouring to each other, whatever it is that you want, it all goes back to your mindset and what vision do you have? Like you have to see a vision for yourself um, with sales or the type of income that you want to have or the type of marriage that you want to have. You have to be clear on that vision, not necessarily how it's going to happen. That'll come next, but be very clear on what you want, who you want to work with, what type of money do you want to, you know, do you want to make? How do you want to feel? How do you want to show up in your business? Get that vision first. And then once you have that vision, then now we can start looking at the strategy to get you there. You've talked about your uh, husband a couple of times. Yes. <laughs> That's my boo thing. That's my boo thing. Got you. Got you. Um, so. <sighs> I feel like I'm in an interrogation. You're like, oh, what about this? <laughs> what about that? I'm learning. I'm learning and earning. I'm learning <laughs> and earning. I'm just like, she got the goods. Well, I'm glad I dropped my green juice this morning and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Go! <laughs> well, talk about that happy marriage. So it was 
wasn't all happy. I mean, very transparent, like the pandemic hit and we were affected. A year ago, we were actually in divorce proceedings. I was like, oh, boo, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. You know, I'm very much an alpha female. I don't know if you can tell. And so one of the biggest things that I had to learn was, yes, you can be an alpha female in your business. You can run things. You can handle things. You can be assertive. You can make decisions. You can get things done. But when you come home, you cannot bring that same alpha energy home because you're married to an alpha man. And so these two alphas, you know, are competing. And so I had to learn how to tap into my feminine energy, how to lead that boss at the office. And then when I came home, look at being more of a partner, looking at collaborating, look at complimenting. I remember T.D. Jake said, women. Stop competing against your husbands and start complimenting them. And so it was a lesson for me really in the last year of learning how to collaborate and how to compliment. And it's funny because I promise you, like in the last year, I was like, okay, God, now I understand why I went through this because it's so many alpha females that I'm getting as clients that are like, I'm out of this marriage. My husband does not support my business. I cannot grow into the you know business person that I need to be with them. And so what I understood for me and my husband broke it down for me, sweetie, it's not that I don't support your business. I don't support the way in which you do your business. When you come home, you're exhausted. You're tired. We get the leftovers. You're physically present, but you're not emotionally present. The business has a life of its own. And I feel like you're cheating on me with the business. You think about it when you wake up. You think about it when you go to bed. You're always talking about it. And so I had to learn how to be able to say, yes, I'm CEO mode over here, CEO mode over here, get it done. But I'm over here and I'm nurturing. So I had to take an honest look at myself and say, mm, yeah, you really probably are not showing up like the wife that he needs. So either you can take an easy route, you know, and go to divorce, or you can really take the time to work on yourself and stop pointing the finger at him and saying, if you would just change, if you would line up, we would be okay. Mm. And started pointing the finger at myself and saying, well, what am I contributing? What kind of wife do I want to be? Right. What kind of what do I want to sow into my marriage? What do I want to pour into my marriage? And God was very honest with me. He said, sweetie, boo boo, you're expecting a <laughs> harvest in your marriage that you've not sown the seeds for. Like you have sown seeds in your business. You have sown seeds in your kids, but you have not sown those. You've not sown seeds like that in your marriage. So stop expecting the harvest. So either you roll up your sleeves and you do the work. Or you gonna keep expecting something that's never gonna come? Oh, that's deep. So, uh, but I'm sure a lot of the, I mean, because we're in this woke woman time, and it's a great thing. I'm enjoying it. But I'm sure there was a lot of pushback from your peers and those who were judging you and watching you and following you. And what I did was I placed myself in solitary confinement, and I said, T. Renee, what is it that you want? What kind of marriage do you want? And so I don't need anybody else's opinion. I don't need anybody else's help or advice to tell me what they think I should do or how I should do it. Let me tune into myself. Let me tune into God and let me figure out what I want to show up or who I want to be as a wife. And then those are the things that I'm going to follow. And again, I am for some people. I am not for some people. And so you do not have to send me any text messages. You do not have to get in my DM. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is just what I chose. For me, I chose I want to have a successful career or successful business and a successful marriage. And so I looked at myself and I said, what are the changes that I need to make? That may not be for everybody. You may have other CEO boss women over here that are like, boo, I'm going to be a boss at the office and I'm going to be a boss at home. That may work for you. That may work for your husband. For me, that did not work. And what I am understanding with me having so many women that are coming to me that are alpha females that are married to alpha men, that they're still doing the same butting of the heads like we were. And when they have learned to tap into their feminine energy, that doesn't at all mean that you're weak or that doesn't mean that you let somebody walk over you. No, because we have boundaries and we have standards. But what I'm learning is that like all the stuff I've been fighting for in the marriage, all the stuff that I have been asking my husband to do, like when I stepped in my feminine energy, he's doing it. I'm like, didn't I ask you to do that 10 weeks ago? I mean, 10 years ago. 
like sending flowers, planning romantic dinners, like all the stuff that I had been asking to do. But because I'm in my feminine energy, because I'm respecting him, because I'm showing up for him. And one of the biggest things that I learned is if my husband doesn't ask for my advice, he doesn't want it. Like, so there's no need of me being like, well, honey, you should do this and you need to tweak that. And what about this? And now he's starting to ask my, for my advice all the time. I'm like, no, boo, you got it. You got it. You got it. So all of the things that I was wanting when I stopped, you know, butting heads, like it's showing up in this habit. I'm like, what's well, I should have did this 10 years ago, 15 years ago. This is less work. Like it's less. So it was it was a lot. It was a lot of work for me to get into this place. But wow. I have to do way less work now because it's not this competition. Like I, I'm creating a safe space. Like, like you go out, you go out hard and you slay and you work all day and you have to fight against systematic racism or you have to do all this other kind of stuff. Like you shouldn't have to come home and fight with me. So I am learning that making a safe space, an acceptable space, a just be you kind of space makes all the difference in the world. Wow. And, and, and when you first said, you know, I tapped into my feminine energy, I was like, ooh, I hear the hate coming. I hear, the, And then you said, I learned to be a partner. Uh, I was learning to cooperate and work together. And I was like, ooh, that's a different concept. That's no, a not, different it's concept. It's not a you're this docile person and you don't say anything. Because I know I still speak my voice. I still say whatever it is, you know, that I need to say. But it's in such a more gentle, you know, kind of way. And so it is like we're partners, right? And what I realized, I started thinking about it and I said, let me look at what do I love about my relationship with my best friend? My best friend, she can say anything to me. It is no judgment. She is not trying to boss me around and tell me what to do. She may give her opinion, but it is up to me, you know, and what I'm going to do. And so I took some of the same concepts that I love about my sisterhood with my best friend and I started applying it in my marriage. And so just the same concept. And again, this is what works for me. If it's not what works for you, leave it on the table. You don't have to condemn it. You don't have to talk about it. It just may not work for you. And it goes back to the concept, I am not for everybody. Those that I am for, they will get blessed in what I'm saying and they will ask God to reveal to them what they need to do. And those that it is not resonating with you, like, oh, no, boo, mm -mm -mm, then just leave it on the table and then continue to go and do you. Wow. But as a strategist, you help people change. So what I do is I help people shift their perception, right? And then decide if they're going to be committed to do the work to change. Because some people may get a shift in perspective, you know, perspective and be honest with themselves and say, you know what, I'm really not getting ready to do what it takes to build a six or seven figure business. Or you know what? I hear what you're saying and I have the awareness in my marriage, but I'm really not going to do anything differently. And so I help people to understand those limiting beliefs, understand those blocks is what that's preventing them from getting what it is that they want. And then now making a decision if you're going to change and do something different. And then are you going to be committed to it? And so I think a lot of people out there, they're just trying to sell you information or they're just trying to have you to buy a program or whatever. But I, I, I no, sweetie, don't don't buy my program. Don't do any of that kind of stuff. Let's decide, number one, if you're willing to do the work, because it's no fluff like you're going to get actual work that's going to need to be done. So now if you want to get six, seven figure business, I got you. But before you even sign up, click to enroll, let's make sure that you're going to be honest with yourself and that you're willing to commit to doing the work and, and, and stick to it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you the bomb. <laughs> you the bomb. Um, you know, the Get On Code show is really focused on empowerment. So one of the questions I always ask is, how does this empower us how does this mind shift empower not just me us the collective so how can we have a mindset shift that will empower the collective 
So number one, I think that you have to be exposed to different things because when you're exposed, it um, exposure, it opens your minds up to what is possible. So I think the very first thing is you have to dream. You have to have a vision and you have to be able to say, what is it that you really want? And then once you're seeing what it is that you really want, then you have to believe that it is possible for you. And so you really get out a sheet of paper and this is your homework assignment. Get out a sheet of paper and draw three lines down the middle. And in the first column, I want you to write, where are you now? So you've got this vision um, um, you know, of what it is that you want. So you got this vision of what it is that you want. So write down. So let me change it. Write down. What is the vision of what you want? Who do you want to become? What do you want to achieve? Okay. And then on the last um, line, write, where are you now? And then in between is that gap. So what is it that you need to do to go from where you are now to where you want to be? And then once you understand what's in that gap, that's where that mindset shift comes. And so now you have to start getting the information to be able to say, I am no longer going to continue with these thoughts that don't serve me. They could be generational, you know, thoughts that were passed down. But now you have to start doing the work of replacing them with new thoughts. So if you grew up thinking that money doesn't grow on trees and you've got to work hard for money and that, you know, rich people are evil or just whatever you grew up with. Now you have to start replacing those and inundating yourself with um, millionaire mindsets and how to, you know, become financially free. And so that's where that work comes in to just shift your mindset. So it's going to take work to replace limiting beliefs that no longer serve you with beliefs that do serve you and help you to uh, get closer to reaching your goals. Wow. Okay. You have the strategy. You have the strategy. Um, what's something that's in the world that really gets under your skin? What's something that needs to change in the world that you're really passionate about? So I think for me, it's people not taking responsibility for their own life. Now I could say, you know, racism, Black Lives Matter, I could say all of that stuff, but I think just from um, a micro level, it is really people not taking um, responsibility for their own lives and they're giving away their power. Because when you're blaming other people, you have immediately taken away your power. Okay. I got to let that sit in. I need to allow that to marinate for a moment. That's the only way that you can change anything is for you to be aware of it and for you to accept it. So if you're blaming other people that the reason why I'm not successful is because of racism or the reason why I'm not successful is because my husband left me or the reason why I'm not successful is because my wife cheated on me. So all of those things may be true, but you absolutely give away all of your power when you say those things. Uh, empowering place is yes, absolutely. There is systematic racism, but in spite of all of that, I am still going to find a way to be successful or yes, my husband may have, you know, cheated on me or whatever, but in spite of that, I am going to turn inwardly inwardly, and I'm going to figure out those things that I need to do to build up my own self, to validate my own self, to de develop boundaries so that I can create the relationship that I need to. So it's going from a space of being disempowered to being empowered. Wow. It comes down to empowerment. It comes down to empowerment. When you take your, when, when, when you take ownership of your life that I'm exactly where I am, you know, because of me, then that's when you take the power back. But if you're blaming somebody else, then you absolutely don't have the power. Hmm. Hey, what's the message that you've been dying to get out and you just haven't had an opportunity to release yet. It's exactly what I've been saying. And I continue to say it, shift your mindset to shift your life. People are looking for this whole big bullet, you know, this, this whole thing. It is that simple. When you shift the way you see things, then your life is going to shift. That, that, that is, that is the big ta-da. That's the big secret. Your mindset is preventing you from having all of the things that you want in your life, how you see yourself, the standards that you have for yourself. If you don't have what you want in your life, you probably have low standards. You have low expectations. Raise your standards. Raise your expectations. Shift your mindset. Shift your life.
All right, Code Keepers, we've been learning and earning with the uh, beautiful ATL queen, <laughs> the Georgia peach, raising the A, A. A, A, A. With a, uh, <laughs> with a uh, you know, a happy husband. A lot of alpha women can't say that. Um, wow. And I just realized that I didn't want to have a successful business and a failed marriage. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be a single mother. When I was married to a great, great person, great man, I just needed to make some shifts. So somebody mistakenly heard that you were settling. Well, that's, that's a limiting belief then that they need to work on. Because never at one time did I say that I settled. What I said was I made the shifts that I needed to make in order to create the marriage that I wanted and what I wanted it to look like. So we don't settle. That's not that's 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 not what we do over here. We don't do that. We ain't about we that life. That. We ain't about that life. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't about that life. No, we're about the CEO life. Yes. We're not about that selling life. We don't do that. That's not what we do. So uh, when people visit the CEO.life, what will they experience? So number one, I offer so many free resources. And the one that I would like to offer to you guys tonight is my five-day my five day free CEO confidence challenge. And it's so much about the things that we talked about here tonight and shifting your mindset. And it's that, that first step in giving you that self-awareness and helping you to create that vision and um, boundaries and look at the kind of relationship that you want. So please go. It is completely free and download it and take it. And even after those five days, it's going to give you that experience spark that you need to, to shift your life, to shift your mindset, to shift your life. And so you, of course, find out more information about, you know, my background and all that kind of stuff. But I have so many free resources that you guys can get. Wow. Let's peruse while we got a we have the uh, queen with us so we can start here. We mm -hmm. can work with you. We have the CEO Life Membership Club, one on one coaching workshops supplier development that's for corporations that is the program that i work with corporations on and developing um their minority suppliers all right and you have a newsletter tea with yes. t renee so every week i will give you tips um whether it's about your business shifting your mindset and it's three steps for you to immediately apply in your life to get results wow uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed, I, I think this was my deep dive. Uh -oh. I went to your about page. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm listening. Your about page is about it. <laughs> so, first of all, I love it is your birthright to walk in peace, purpose, and prosperity. Your birthright. And then I checked out the videos. And... Then the wife and mom, and I was like, okay, okay, but God, okay. But God. Okay. okay. And then we got, uh, it, it looked like an album cover here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> that is plenty to be. That is I, plenty to be. Now, I love this picture. Thank you. Yeah, I love this picture. And then I saw an inner flow expert. And it goes to, again, your mindset. You have to be able to operate in your inner flow, your authenticity, uh, your purpose. So it goes That's back to up. mindset. Everything goes back to mindset. I keep trying to tell you. All right. Miss Jelly says gratitude. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for hanging with us. Yeah, she's been here. She's a trooper. She's a trooper. And so... Was that? Yeah, that was. Whew, well, see, your website was two hours. Nah. <laughs> Just the about me page. You got a lot going on. <laughs> but it was worth every moment. I'm so glad that we got a chance to chat. I'm so glad we got a chance to learn from you. I know the code keepers are definitely going to be on a different plane yes. because of this moment. 
any last words? Any last words? Shift your mindset, shift your life, right? You are completely responsible for the trajectory of your life and also of your, of your lineage. And so it is your time. It is your time. It doesn't matter if things have not been working for you. They can shift in an instant. They can shift immediately. So create this big vision of what you want for your life and then absolutely go after it. And trust in yourself and believe that God has got you. And even if you take the wrong turn, God can just get you right on back on that path. All things work together and everything happens for you and not to you. That's deep. All right, Code Keepers, this one is for the books. In other words, pick up her books. I did say <laughs> books, plural. <laughs> the CEO it. Life and Metamorphosis. Yes. Is there, are there any others? Those are the top. Those are the top two. Those are the, those are the top two. <laughs> hey, we had a great alpha female hanging out with this great Omega man. So, Delta. Um, oh, what's up, sis? Okay, okay, uh, yeah, okay. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. All right, that's what's up. Hey, uh, is is your husband uh, Panhellenic as well? GDI? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh darn individual is what we used to call him at Hampton University. I love it. That is what he is. <laughs> hey, Code Keepers, check her out on, let me pull that up again, the CEO.life, the CEO.life, and uh, you'll definitely be blessed. You'll definitely be blessed. I'm, I'm telling look at that smile. <laughs> this was a great conversation sis we'll be in contact thank you so much guys everybody success is your birthright so it's peace and prosperity go get it i say okay bye guys